0: 7th parallel on America's haunted highway. It's pixelated paranormal. Your guide to the unusual and the
1: strange. What's up everybody? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal. This will be episode 194. Yeah and right out the gate at the top welcome back big steve we have missed you so much
0: i know what year is it until you until you start talking crap about dave gruel
1: and then i was just like you know uh, what here fuck cory
2: he's got to he's got to bring it in he's, he's going to bring it into the show now here we go we're just like
1: maybe the show was supposed to just have two hosts yeah. <laughs> yeah this shows' about three people who love
0: Dave Gruel and uh, obviously Steve's not one of them. <laughs> so we're holding tryouts
1: next week at the yeah. Dylans parking lot. So... <laughs> Tell us awesome. your best Dave Grill story. Yeah. It's awesome. but no, it's good, man. i'm glad to, I'm glad
2: you can make it. Um, I guess you're probably still on call, though, right? Uh no I've got tonight off because I unfortunately have to go to oh a, nice I have to go <clears> to <throat> a funeral tomorrow even though I am in the funeral business I still have to go, ironic <laughs> go to funerals so wow uh, the guy it's you the Alanis Morris yeah. wow. yeah. said. <laughs> so the <laughs> guy I'm a guardian for his grandmother passed away so gotta drive all the way out to um pretty much the edge of the state and Oof. whatnot but we rented a car and it's a Volkswagen thing it's like a little go kart uh, it's gonna be a fun drive. Oh, that's cool. Is it a bug? No, no. Thomas <laughs> is like six foot four and I'm six yeah. foot two, but it's a Volkswagen uh, Passat, Passant, Pissant, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> right. It's right. cool. Like it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I feel like a little kid in it. I love go-karts. They're very therapeutic. So I wasn't looking forward to the drive because, oh my God, if you've never been that way in Kansas past Dodge city, it's literally uh-huh. a butthole. Uh, it's, oh yeah, boy it's bad. so it's very boring and not the best smells so to have a cool yeah. car gotta make a little bit fun
1: <laughs> hey there you go you gotta take the wins man you gotta take the wins sometimes and look at the positive
2: Word. But other than that just been uh, chilling working a lot and uh just taking it day by day sweet What? oh yeah man
1: Well, bringing it back to a positive, I had a chance to meet a listener of the show uh, through Chance Encounter a few days ago. So I just want to say what's up to Matthew S. Uh, I got a chance to meet him. Uh, Gosh, when was that, Friday or Saturday? So that was really awesome just to kind of catch up and chat for a while. And uh, he had a really good idea. I was going to run it past you guys doing some more, you know, live shows on camera and maybe even setting up something via Zoom or discord one night. So people could type and write in as we were out yeah. doing a live show. Yeah. I'm okay Funny. with that.
2: He's not the first person to want, want us to do that. I think, uh, yeah. uh, 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 a guy named oh, Steve, every <laughs> single fucking listener <laughs> yeah. out there has been asking for that. <laughs> yeah, right. So Very true. Uh, my envision for the of future for that. would be all shows be live streamed. Um, but there's just certain things that have to happen for that that to happen, and it takes a lot of mm-hmm. coordination and dedication, sacrifice, stuff like that too. It's well, we could try to maybe set up um, maybe well, once what a I mean month. By, we could do something I mean like by that, that. See how that goes. Yeah, yeah, like a once a month thing would be tight. What I mean by that is that is that when we do these shows, we do our best to. Uh, keep it entertaining sometimes we mess up sometimes we say things that are messed up and we're like ah that wasn't Mm -hmm. that wasn't too good so we to do every show like that would be really hard
1: (laughs) i know that's why i I know it it sounds ridiculous (laughs) i
2: know it sounds ridiculous to people out there but like it's just it's a sensitive time and you don't want to you don't want to ruffle no feathers so yeah uh, yeah i've said it before
1: to people i meet um about the show that I said, there's some real comedy gold out there that the world will never get to hear. And a lot of that is not poor, you know, tasteless jokes. It's just a joke we make. And then during the edit, I, I'll message you and you'll be like, mm, we better not yeah, just, cause you, you <laughs> think... just because if it's just on the edge mm-hmm. of what's offensive, or if it just barely, you know, bumps up against something that could be offensive, then it's just like, no, we, yeah. we don't want to risk it. Unfortunately.
2: Yeah. So hopefully, yeah. um, or once a once a month live stream that'd be tight. I'd like that. That'd be yeah. awesome. Well, I
1: mean, we've got what this is episode nine, ninety four. I so mean, we've got seven episodes total until two hundred. So maybe that could be something we start doing after two hundred.
2: Yeah, yeah, and then I and then I think I mean if you guys want to go big, I think this will be incredible. We got my MacBook. We got a portal. We got a portable. All our mics are portable, pretty much. Um, yeah, we could plug the MacBook up figure out how to do a three-stream mic session around, what? A campfire on Preston's land. How tight would that be?
1: Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hear,
2: hear the crackle of the fire going.
1: Yeah, I wanted to do that at my house so many times around the fish chiminea, but you'd have the sweet,
2: soothing sounds of the highway. highway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we at Preston's, we'll yeah. have the dog, his new ducks. <laughs> That's, yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> the yeah. locusts. And the fire. And Preston's farts. Shout out to uh, Brewdeck
1: Cicadas. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. We got to get in. uh, We got to hear back from Mindy on how that went. We got invited, unfortunately, out of state, way out of state, to a cicada barbecue where our friend Mindy and some of her gang are doing a barbecue with cicadas. Uh, Unfortunately, it cost way too much than I think we'd want to spend to go try barbecued cicada uh, uh, way up in the uh, mm. East Coast.
2: But. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I've seen that shit, and I was like, no, nah, I'm out. I don't know. That, oh, that, no kidding. That's like something like this is the thing about I know you're like me when it comes to this. This is the one a few things we're old men on the TikTok craze. craze. Um, so many things pop off challenges, fads mm-hmm. pop off because TikTok, And that's one of them. The cicada fascination lately of eating them. And I
1: oh no I that no, that's been a thing for has, years dude it
2: has it has but it's resurfaced lately I've been seeing it everywhere on TikTok and people talking yeah. about it and sharing the TikTok videos of it and stuff like that I'm not mm-hmm. saying it hasn't it's just some new thing but like the popularity has surged from it yeah, I, yeah more than ever now I could yeah, never I, can I could never do that dude. Them things oh, creep me out. Tied? Hell no, them things yeah. creep me out as it is. No, oh. there's two, there's two bugs right off the bat. Them things and fucking June bugs, dude. I hate June bugs. Oh no, they're like little <laughs> dive bombers, dude. They just come at you for no reason, and then then once yeah. they hate you and fall to the ground, they just sit there pathetic. Uh, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're I the, regret nothing. <laughs> you're <the> weird... <laughs> I hate
1: them. I hate them. Hey, that's fair. Yeah. That's more than fair. Preston, would you eat one? Yeah,
0: I'd eat one. But, uh, I, you know, I have to give a shout-out to uh, my cousin Ken real quick because uh, old Kenny Poo, um, this episode wouldn't have come together because he called me the other night <clears throat> while I was uh, putting together some patio furniture, and he wants to know why we've never covered the Kennedy assassination because that is a conspiracy theory And he Mm -hmm. thinks that we should dive into some conspiracy theories. And then him and I went on like a 40-minute rant, like a conversation about like, you know, why Kennedy was assassinated, all these different conspiracy theories. And uh, he keeps going off about how he's impressed with our Bloody Bender episode and just how amazing that was. (laughs) And uh, then, you know, I bought some books the other night and uh, came across some i read i know that's amazing
2: and yeah, i know where's waldo but still yeah where's you. waldo
0: yeah where's bigfoot and uh so i came across a i I came across uh this tale that took place in arizona which is uh where ken resides and then i was like fuck we should do a whole episode about uh some shit going down in arizona yeah. so
2: thanks little ken so oh i got some. i got a story for y'all check this shit out sweet so today i'm wearing that awesome you know that That dope shirt I have that has like all the cryptids on it. I'm wearing that. I had to go to my boss's house and their little daughter. She's uh five, I believe. Yeah, five. Uh, she goes, what's what's this, this, this? And I was like, oh, this this is Bigfoot. I was like, this is Loch Ness monster. And she's like, (laughs) she's like, what's this one? I was like, that's the Dover demon. There's like this one over here. What's that one? I was like, that's an alien. And then she's like, what are their names? And then I was like, that is their name. And she's like, no, what are their names? Like. (laughs) She couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. And this is, she's like started giving them names. So I was like, I want you to give a name to every creature on here. And then I want to read it. So the next time I bring that shirt over there, she's going to name each one of them. And I'm going to give you a five-year-old's take of what they're called. Oh, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Oh, and then, and then, um, I was like, and just remember, don't let anybody tell you that none of these are real. They're all real. It's all real. <laughs> and then her, her, <laughs> her brother's like, don't listen to him. He's an idiot. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're backing out the house with your finger over your lips. Shh. Yeah. It was hilarious.
1: Hell yeah, dude. You're going to go back over there and she's going to have a tinfoil hat on. (laughs) Well, Presto, like you said, man, uh, you started writing up an episode about Arizona. And then uh, you asked if I'd look up a certain creature. And then this dude deserves, in my opinion, his own cryptid encounter. So that's how this episode's going to start off, Cryptid Encounter 19, and then that will roll over into some uh, other creepy crawlies that you found skulking about mm -hmm. uh, Arizona.
2: Have you guys Mm -hmm. been to Arizona before, either of you? Nope. Uh Uh-uh. So, like, have you guys been to, like, where Flatwoods Monster has been, like in the Appalachian? Like in that no area.
1: up in West Virginia, no sir, yeah. have
2: not. So when we talk about this stuff, like, have you guys been to any places where there would be one of these cryptids other than Bigfoot? Like, um, what I, what I mean, I'm getting I've at. been to,
0: I've been to a lot of fucking places in Oklahoma where there's been supposed Bigfoot sightings and stuff, and I've never seen a yeah. Bigfoot in Oklahoma,
2: mm-hmm. but uh, I'd like to venture off. Uh, right. So what I'm saying is like, yeah, I've been to Arizona. I've ne- and I've been to. Um, fuck, what it? Yeah, what? Yeah, West Virginia before not directly in that area, but I can since I've been to both of them states, like when we talk about this stuff, I picture that area mm-hmm. and the only place that I've ever gotten a vibe from that I'd be like, OK, there's some greasy shit out here. It's Arizona. It's just because oh, really? it's just because it's so desolate. And like uh-huh. we have we have desolation here with prairies and like large lands, but like the green pra- pastures pastures kind of like give it uh-huh. life. You know what I mean. Sure. You don't feel so alone. But when you're like driving down <laughs> a highway and all you see is just literal desert, it's yeah, it's weird. It's eerie. So like this will be interesting.
1: Hell yeah, the closest I've ever got was when we went to Rob's house in Kentucky. Uh we were not too far oh, yeah. from the Kentucky Goblin Siege out there. Um but no, I haven't been anywhere actually near besides Bigfoot. That's what's nice about Bigfoot. Apparently he's found everywhere <laughs> and nowhere at the same time. Um, real quick before we get into the episode, uh they did just announce that Oklahoma has raised the bounty to three million dollars if anybody can capture a live Bigfoot. So we've gone from like 40,000 to 80,000 to now $3 million. If you can actually ring in a real
2: life, Bigfoot, doesn't it only, only count if you get it alive. Yeah. You have to bring it in alive. You cannot yeah, hurt it because you cannot shoot yeah, he you took, cannot he it. He took, he took it back. Cause remember when they first launched yeah. that, they were like dead or alive. <laughs> and the people were like, yeah. are you really going to fucking pay people to kill this thing? And then he was like All oh, right, shit. uh alive. And then he slowly started raising the money. <laughs> what a swindler. Yeah, I mean,
1: he got he got shut down faster than that nightclub <laughs> that I got shut down here in Wichita for ripping off Bethesda's game rage. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> a story for another time. <clears throat> I was telling Dobbs that whenever he came down.
2: Oh yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of which, I wasn't on the episode when you guys talked about that. It was good seeing huh. good seeing you, dude. Mm-hmm. And uh Thanks for the conversation about movies and music. Sucks I had oh, to yeah. leave so early for work, but...
1: Yeah, well, we have plans to go up to Omaha, uh, hopefully maybe this summer or fall, and catch up with Dobbs and Hillary and uh, cool. Rob Bones and some of the other gang up there and do some spooky shit, so... That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. We'll take a caravan up there, tear it up. Sweet. Well, without further ado, why don't we get started? Cool. The cool desert air caresses your face as you and your friends finish setting up your tent and prepare for a night of drinking and laughing around the campfire. The campfire, damn it. That was the one thing you were in charge of. The firewood. But no worries though, because you brave the verbal onslaught of your friends and their banter about how you drop the ball. And you tell your friends, Hey guys, I'm going to run a little ways out and gather some firewood, but I'll be right back. And the moon is bright. It illuminates the entire desert around you, and you continue to walk farther and farther away from your camp. And the farther away you walk, the quieter things get. It's almost dead quiet until you hear it. The wet, sloppy sounds of lips smacking together. And the soft cracking of bones. And you freeze as you notice just a few yards ahead of you. There. It looks like the large outline of something squatting down. Eating. It's eating something that might have once been a coyote or like a large desert cat. Your blood grows cold as you slowly start to back away from whatever the hell this thing is. It's making that piecemeal of whatever poor animal was laying there in a bloody heap a twig snaps under your numb foot and the thing in front of you now stands up it turns around still holding the head of what once was a mountain lion the shaggy hair covering the thing's body is matted with dirt and leaves and the blood of its fresh kill and its eyes, its eyes glow red like the embers of a fire The monster drops the decapitated head of its dinner, and it picks up a long, gnarled piece of tree branch, and it screams into the empty desert night. Your heart stops. Welcome to Cryptid Encounters 19, the Mogollon Monster of Arizona. This baby hails from up in the okay. northern half of Arizona near the area that borders New Mexico as well as the southern area known as the Colorado Plateau. From the Mogollon Rim, it's the despicable desert demon, the wild man of the rocks, a.k.a. the Magalon, oftentimes pronounced Magayan monster. Now this formidable beast is said to stalk the Arizona desert, tearing apart anything in its tracks and it towers upwards of over seven feet tall and it leaves a footprint that's more than 22 inches long
2: you know what that means it's
1: arms (laughs) hey yeah baby can't find shoes (laughs) it's like a baby arm holding an apple (laughs) man speaking of long it's long arms are unnaturally long for its body and the hands are set to fall far past its knees And its body is said to be covered with long, matted, shaggy, or reddish-brown hair, except for on its chest and its face and its hands and feet, where the desert sun and the wind has scorched and beaten the flesh into something that resembles long, dried-out leather. And at the end of his hands are long, gnarled, broken claws. Now, the monster is a true master of stalking and mauling its prey by using its ability to mimic the sounds of other desert animals, like birds, bats, foxes, coyotes, mountain lions, and cougars. No, not those cougars. Indeed. But speaking of women, it can oftentimes mimic the sound of women or children in distress. And on some occasions, you'll hear it whistling bizarre, ethereal whistling noises. And just in case that wasn't intimidating enough, the beast also gives off the horrible musk that encounterers often describe as a dead fish or skunks or reptiles or decaying peat moss and rotten plants. Ugh. The Mogollon monster is violent, territorial, and while it's thought to be an omnivore, witnesses say that it's commonly found to have decapitated deer, coyotes, and even big desert cats in the area. And then you'll find it drinking the blood from the carcasses before ripping the meat and flesh directly from the bones. And unlike its Bigfoot counterpart, the Mogollon monster actually carries around a large club, fashioned out of a gnarled piece of old tree, stained with dirt and desert sand and the blood of its prey. And when that simply won't do, the beast is often reported to be hurling large rocks and logs at campers and weary hikers. And now just in true cryptid <laughs>
2: encounters fashion, Steve, you've Let's produced go. an amateur sketch. <laughs> look at that blood splatter, Preston. Isn't it tight? It is. But <laughs> you, you, should've like gave it, you should've like give it
0: you should have given it more of a package, like, I mean, this guy's like <laughs> seven foot tall and he's rocking like a little Kendall package
2: going on there, dog. It's hiding behind all that hair And it's on the side of his leg
1: It's hidden behind all that hair <laughs> hey,
2: But check out them abs, dog
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he he does, he does it, But they're pretty high up, though I mean, he almost has a chest pack Instead of a six pack right. <laughs> <laughs> And look at that awesome
2: club <laughs>
1: Oh, man It's like uh, the shape of water Where his package is concealed inside of a holster
2: Yeah
1: <laughs> Well, tales of the Mogollon monster date way back into the 1800s. But it wasn't until 1903 when the monster first made news headlines. A witness named I.W. Stevens had an experience that shook him so badly that against his better judgment and the fear of ridicule, he made a report and it made both the Williams News and the Arizona Republic. Now, according to Stevens...
0: I I saw a man with long white hair and a matted beard that reached his knees, face seared and burned down brown by the sun with fiery green eyes. He wore no clothing upon his talon-like fingers where claws at least two inches long stood. A coat of gray hair nearly covered his body with here and there a patch of dirty skin
1: showing. Now, terrified at the sight of this otherworldly beast from a nightmare, Stevens had came across the beast as it was hunched over a dead cougar, as it was seemingly drinking the blood from the dead animal. Stevens stood absolutely still and kept as quiet as he could and slowly attempted to hide behind a nearby boulder. However, the monster was alerted to Stevens' presence and whipped its head around so quickly toward the man and then slowly stood up to the height of seven feet tall. And while it screamed out a primal, territorial, ear-piercing cry, it also raved... <laughs> raved... <laughs> it also waved about an intimidating club, to which Stevens noped the fuck out of there and ran off. Luckily without the monstrous beast catching up to him. And he got back to his boat safely and jutted back into the safety of the river... And after a few moments, he looked back at the shore and he saw the monster smashing its giant club against the ground.
0: He was screaming the wildest, most unearthly scream I had ever heard.
1: And the beast was still clutching the carcass of the cougar in its other hand while it warded off Stevens. What were you going to say, Steve? Steve?
2: I said it was just crazy. He was beating that damn club against the ground.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was be a rather crazy beast. Now let's fast
1: forward to the mid nineteen forties, where cryptozoologist Don Davis was on a childhood Boy Scout camping trip to Tonto Creek near Payson,
2: Arizona. So, is this when he was? A, this is when he was a kid, or what?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Don Don Davis was a or is a cryptozoologist, and this is a
2: story from his childhood. Oh, okay. I didn't know if there was, like, cryptozoologists in the mid-40s. He was an eight-year-old cryptozoologist. (laughs) (laughs) This kid loves it.
1: (laughs) I'm going to get my Bigfoot badge! (laughs) (laughs) As the young scouts were sleeping in their tents, something from out in the dark screeched out in a blood-curdling scream and woke them all up just in time for them all to hear something skulking about their campsite, rummaging through their food and their supplies. And The longer this thing was out rummaging through the camp, the more the scouts noticed the sickening odor of dead animals and fish seeping into their tents. Who farted? That's when a young Don decided to reach deep down and give his courage a tug and looked out his tent. And then he saw it.
2: The creature was huge. Its eyes were deep, set, and hard to see, but they seemed expressionless. His face seemed pretty much hairless. There seemed to be hair along the sides of his face. His chest, shoulders, and arms were massive, especially the upper arms, easily upwards of 16 inches in diameter. I'm only eight, but I know how to do that. Perhaps much more. (laughs) I could see he was pretty hairy but didn't observe really how thick the body hair was. The face head was very square, square (laughs) size and squared up like a chin, like a box.
1: This horrifying sight caused Davis to cower in his tent, hoping it wouldn't come any closer. And after picking through the campsite a little bit more, the creature ambled off into the night, into the darkness, never to return. Now sporadic sightings of the monster have been made ever since. Notably, a spat of sightings that plagued the White Mountain Apache Nation Reservation in
2: 2006. And let me guess, was Don (laughs) Davis there again in 2006? (laughs) I built a cabin where I once camped and saw the beast.
1: (laughs) At the time, there were numerous panicked residents at Fort Apache Indian Reservation reporting a very tall black creature covered in hair with inhumanely long arms and walking in enormous strides. At the time, tribal police were inundated with calls and frightened residents claiming to have seen the monster. And Reservation, Reservation Police Lieutenant Ray Burnett would go on to say,
2: A couple of times they're seen the creature looking through the windows. They're scared when they call. The calls we're getting from people. They weren't hallucinating or nothing. They weren't drunks. They weren't on the speed or the CID. They weren't people they know to make hoax calls. They're from, well, real citizens of Fort Apache Indian Reservation.
1: And now recently, a 28-year-old woman by the name of Y. Estevez says she encountered the same creature while hiking along the Canyon Point Trail of Mogollon Rim. Estevez says that as she made her way along the trail, she noticed a massive brute that looked a lot like a troll from a horror movie or a fairy tale. The creature was crouched down drinking from a pool of water.
0: It was on its knees, drinking water, when I found it. Drinking, making noises like a pig. So at first sight, the animal looked like a pig to me, but then I thought, just a pig, but kind of hairy though, which seemed a little odd for a hog. And as soon as I made a little noise, the animal turned its head and looked directly at me. Now, that's when I freaked out. It was just staring at me, just like what you do with cougars. They they always tell you to make yourself look bigger and to get very loud, and, and in theory, the animal will leave. So I started making noises and grunting and heaving and moving my arms all up and down. The creature gets off its four legs and stands up on its hind legs. It had long hair, gray and bluish and... I swear it looked like one of them trolls from a fairy tale. Ugly stuff. The face was human looking though, but it had no hair on it, but full of bumps. The eyes were kind of brown, maybe red, thick big old nose, and small dainty lips. No expression on its face at all. It then, it took off running like a person. From now on, I make sure I don't hike alone, at least not around here.
1: Now, usually we'd sit here after a tale of such cryptid and discuss what we think this thing could be. Like in this case, boys, I think we'd chalk it up to the old Mogollon monster as just being another cousin to the Sasquatch. What if I told you the Mogollon monster was more akin to the Wendigo? Ooh. Legend has it that back in the 1800s, There was this real notorious bastard, right? This white settler who was real violent and relentless. Just a real son of a bitch. Like an early pioneer serial killer, in fact. Well, it was said that he'd wait until late in the evenings or early in the mornings when the sun was real low. And he'd stalk the countryside looking for stragglers, lost settlers, members of local Native American tribes, women, children that he could prey on like unsuspecting mothers or wives or daughters or a young son, perhaps. Like when they'd go out to, you know, gather supplies like firewood or vegetables or berries or other fauna. He'd simply run up behind them, attack them, oftentimes assaulting and even killing them. Well, after some time of stalking and preying on the locals, the native tribe got a little pissed off, and they got real sick of this guy's shit, right? So they set up a trap, and they managed to capture the son of a bitch... "'which they eventually hung from a tree, "'but not by his neck. "'They hung this son of a bitch up by his hands, "'and then they tied heavy rocks to his legs. "'And over the course of a week or so, "'it's said they stretched the bastard "'to the height of about eight feet "'from fingertips to toes. "'Then they skinned him alive "'and left him there hanging, stretched out, "'to die of starvation, "'being picked apart slowly by coyotes and cougars.' and other predators, with only the thoughts of the whores that he committed to keep him company. So after this bastard dies, the great spirits in the afterlife had zero compassion for his murderous ways, and so they said that there wasn't any room for him, nowhere for him to go in the afterlife. And thus, they damned the old son of a bitch to spend eternity wandering the desert, haunted by his crimes, thus becoming the Mogollon monster. So very much akin to the old Wendigo tale. But guys, you see, Arizona's a big place. In fact, it's about 114,000 square miles. That's more than enough room for the old wild man of the rocks to share with plenty of other creatures. Plenty of other nasty beasts that also stalk Arizona. And they say the devil himself rides one such beast. Out of nowhere, it appears with fiery red fur and a demon-like tail, strong enough to kill a bear. It leaves its victims trampled to death. That's right, dear listeners, it's time now for the Arizona Red Ghost.
0: Most uh, folks will tell you that camels are not found in Arizona's high country. Truth is, those adaptable beasts can thrive in just about any kind of terrain. The U.S. Army introduced camels to the Southwest back in the 1850s, using them as beasts of burdens, while surveying a road across the northern Arizona. But the Civil War interrupted the Great Camel Experiment, and uh, <laughs> most of the homely critters were sold at auction, and uh, a few were turned loose to run wild. And therein lies the basis for the legend of the Red Ghost. The story begins back in 1883 at a lonely ranch near Eagle Creek in southeastern Arizona. The Apache Wars were drawing to a close. However, a few renegade bands were on the prow, keeping isolated ranches in consistent state of siege. Early one morning, two men rode out to check on the livestock, leaving their wives at the ranch with the children. And about mid-morning, one of the women went down to the spring to fetch a bucket of water, while the other remained in the house with the children. Suddenly, one of the dogs began to bark ferociously. The woman inside the house heard a terrifying scream. Looking out the window, she saw a huge, gargantuan, reddish-hued beast run by with a devilish-looking creature strapped to its back. The frightened woman barricaded herself in the house. Shit, who wouldn't? And waited anxiously... (laughs) Yeah. And waited anxiously for the men to return. That night they found the body what the of fuck the fuck are other... they gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna it doesn't use matter her... they're outside, them. Yeah. yeah, they're gonna use their <laughs> guns, Steve, like real cowboys, right? Bada bing bada boom. <laughs> Anyways, that night they found the body of the other woman trampled to death. The next day, tracks were found, cloven hoof prints, much larger than those of a horse, along with strands of reddish hair. A few days later, a Party of prospectors near Clifton were awakened by the sound of thundering hoofs and ear piercing screams. Their tents collapsed, and the men cl- clawed their way out of the tangle just in time to see a gigantic creature run off in the moonlight. The next day, they too found huge cloven hoof prints along with red strands of hair clinging to the bush. Naturally, these stories grew and were embellished by the local racketeers. One man claimed that he uh, he saw the beast kill a grizzly bear. Another insisted he chased the red ghost away, only to have it disappear before his eyes. A few months after the incident with the miners, Cyrus Hamblin, a rancher on the Salt River, rode up with the uh, on the on the animal while rounding up cows. Hamblin recognized the beast as a cam- camel, with something tied to its back that resembled the skeleton of a man. Although Hamblin had a reputation as an honest man and one not given to tall tales, many refused to believe his story, because why the fuck would there be a wild camel with a skeleton tied to its back? (laughs) So, several weeks later, over on the Verde River, the camel was spotted again, this time by another group of prospectors. They, too, saw something attached to the animal's back, grabbing their weapons they fired at the camel but missed, the animal bolted and ran, causing a, a piece of the strange object to fall to the ground. What the miners saw made the, the hair bristle on their necks. On the ground lay a human skull with some parts of the flesh and hair still attached. A few days later, the red gr- ghost struck again. This time, the victims were teamsters camped beside a lonely road. They said they were awakened in the middle of the night by a loud scream. And according to the terrified drivers, a creature at least 30 feet tall knocked over two freight wagons and generally raced hell within the camp. The men ran for their lives and hid in the bush. Returning the next day, they found the same cloven (laughs) hoof prints and the red strands of hair. Now, about a year later, a cowboy near Phoenix came upon the red ghost eating grass in a corral. Traditionally, cowboys have been unable to resist the temptation to rope anything that wears hair, and this fellow was no exception. He built a fast loop in his rope and tossed it over the camel's head. Suddenly, the angry beast turned and charged. The cowboy's horse tried to dodge, but to no avail. Horse and rider went down, and as the camel galloped off in a cloud of dust, the astonished cowboy recognized the skeletal remains of a man lashed to its back. During the next few years, stories of the red, gross, uh, red Ghost grew to legendary proportions. The creature made its last appearance nine years later in eastern Arizona. A rancher awoke one morning and saw the huge animal casually grazing in his garden. He drew a careful bead with his trusty Winchester and dropped the beast with one shot. An examination of the corpse convinced all that this was indeed the fabled Red ghost. The animal's back was heavily scarred with rawhide strips that had been used to tie down the body of a man. Some of the leather straps had cut into the camel's flesh, but how the human body came to be attached to the back of the camel remains a cruel, cruel mystery. You'll
1: never know. You'll never know. (laughs) Right. Wow. That's wicked, man. So they're saying it was just... A camel with a uh, dead guy on the back of
0: it. Yeah, like, uh, you know, somebody uh, tied up a dude to the back of a camel, and like, all right, peace, bitch, <laughs> off, off to the desert you go, and the camel was just <laughs> pissed, you
1: know? That's that's fucked up. I like that's to imagine hilarious. when the guy's like, I came across the hill and I saw the red ghost eating grass, and it's just this, like, skeleton that's going, I'm going
2: to get a Bernie's around.
1: Oh god The fucking skeleton's just eating handfuls of grass And the camel's just like I don't know This fucking thing likes grass I don't know (laughs) Now our last story takes place Up in the Squaw Peak Range In Arizona Back in 1868 Where a party of Tonto Indians sat quietly Fearing for their lives As a roving pack of bloodthirsty white men Made their way across the land In a violent warpath hunting down and murdering any and every native Tonto Indian they could set their sights on. In one such night, our party of Tonto Indians were unfortunately not only discovered hiding up in the cave in the peak, but they were cornered with nowhere to run, making them an all-too-easy prey for this pack of pale-skinned savages. The white men laughed and hollered in delight as they haphazardly fired off round after round into the dark black cave, smiling as they relished in delight with every shot they fired, lighting up the pitch black death trap and lighting up the faces of their terrified victims. With the massacre over and the cries and groans of the Tonto being hushed, and silence that night for good. These satisfied hunters rode away as the mountains were then quieted by a still sadness that would last for decades until yet another fateful night, a night that would birth another terrifying creature. It was on that night when the moon shined into the mouth of that quiet cave entrance, where the cries of the ill-fated Tonto spilled out into the peak decades ago. And for the first time in ages, something else made its way out from that cave. Something old. Something rotten. Something inhuman. Some thing unnatural its flesh dangled and swayed as it shuffled its long since dead feet across the rocks and the gravel, its jagged teeth jutting from every which way, its long, thin arms hanging like two old ropes, swaying back and forth as the things that resembled its once fingers twisted and danced at the ends of the hands, grasping at the cold dead air its eyes dancing wildly back and forth, darting from the trees to the coyotes to the sky, never really settling on one subject for too long. The old thing that resembled a corpse carelessly danced and stumbled around until it finally stopped and took a seat upon a rock, a rock that lay just within the mouth of the cave, that ill-fated death cave, and there is where the thing sat, and the thing waited. Not long after that night, a man who never knew the cave's story, never knew the bloody history, entered that place. The place where such horrors unknown to him had occurred. The place where the thing had sat. And the thing still waited. As the man reached the entrance, he saw there sitting something swaying back and forth in the wind, back and forth. And just as he was almost entranced with this withering, rotten pendulum, the thing's eyes suddenly darted over in the direction of the man. And then again, The mouth of that cave rang out with the unnatural music of cries of terror as the eyes of the thing watched as the man tore off into the night fueled by terror at what he had just saw. Later on, two prospectors subsequently attempted to enter the cave to explore the legends of the ghoul that was said to haunt the old death trap. But to their horror, that night... Their wish for an unnatural treasure was granted, and at the entrance of the cave, they were met by the thing. They gave one glance at the torn face, the bulging eyes, as it slowly turned sideways towards them, the yellow fangs gnashing, the long hair spindly sprouting beside its face. The claws on its hands spread as the moldy flesh began to quiver and shake, and they too rushed away into the safety of the night. Then, for the first time in a long time, the thing got up, and the thing began to look into the thick trees that made the forest that surrounded the mouth of that old resting place. And again, for the first time in a long time, the thing's feet began to shuffle Jerking and dragging, dragging along the leaves of the forest as the thing was swallowed up by the trees as its eyes darted back and forth, up and down, as it slowly made its way into the night.
0: A Western newspaper recounting their adventure said that one of the men declared that there was not enough money in Maricopa County to pay him to go there again. While the other had never stopped running. At least he had not returned to his usual haunts since the Thing looked at him. Still, it is a haunted country all about here. The souls of the Mojave roam upon the Ghost Mountain, and the bad men's hunting ground of the Yuma and Navajo are over in the volcanic country of Sonora. It is, therefore, no unusual thing to find signs and wonders in broad daylight. But what about modern day encounters of the thing? The other night I was looking up books for the show and stumbled across Dogman, Bigfoot, and something more. A brief collection of encounters by P. D. King. So this story happened a long time ago in Arizona. An individual, let's name him Jerry was driving home from a friend's house one night and it must have been really late like way past Jerry's bedtime because Jerry couldn't remember how late exactly but guessed around 3 or 4 a.m. Jerry was feeling sick so he pulled off the highway he was dizzy you know things were spinning so he'd open up the window to get some air and after a while he started to feel better. I started sounded to me
2: like there were footsteps on the road. I was so surprised about that, you know, I didn't think to just get going and leave that place right away. Instead, I just sat there like a knucklehead looking at where the sound of the steps sounded like they were coming from. They were coming from the dark area just down the road a little bit, just ahead of my car. There wasn't any kind of good lighting on the part of the road, but you know, I couldn't really see anything over there and I didn't really see any other cars in the area for a while either. I just couldn't get my head around who in their right mind was going to be out there taking a walk there at that time.
0: The footsteps were getting closer and closer to Jerry, and the sounds of the steps sounded like whoever they were coming from was walking faster and faster.
2: And that was when I saw the source of the sounds. It was some really, really thin, very tall-looking guy walking directly towards me. Something was really off about his shape, and just his overall proportions, how he looked overall, but then I saw his face, and I'm thinking, that was much worse. He had huge black eyes, no nose that I could see, and razor-thin lips. He was very pale and had this kind of weird, shuffling walk, like he made no attempt to just a lot of effort to even walk. He was coming to me, walking almost sideways with his body turned, so his left side was ahead of his right- And his left leg was leading. He would walk one step closer with his left leg, and then it looked to me like he would almost kind of drag his right leg forward to where his left leg leg was. You know, it really looked like to me he was walking on two legs took too much effort. Like, it wasn't natural for him to at all or anything. His arms were really, really long. You know, it even looked like his hands were going past his knees But he kept his arms at his sides the whole time instead of moving them like a regular person does, which made him, his walk and his stature even creepier and
0: weirder. Jerry described this guy's clothes as thin rags (laughs) that were too old and used too much, just really worn out like they were falling apart.
2: You know, when I really think about that now, I think maybe there were really, like, thin layers of skin that he was somehow wearing, And they were all torn up and about to fall apart as gross as that sounds it was really nasty kind of image for me to look at this guy he never even blinked or took his eyes off me the whole entire time and i was just sitting there looking at him but he just kept coming closer and closer to me where i was just sitting in the car
0: so jerry puts the car in reverse and attempted to haul ass out of there. But as Jerry Put it was in sh-
1: reverse, Jerry?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but as Jerry was trying to back out of there, the thing kept trying to cut him off. So he like moves the car to the right, moves it to the left. He's in the ditch. He's out of the ditch. But the thing closed the distance and like tried to reach through the passenger window. And at this point of the story, I really feel like maybe Jerry had never played Grand Theft Auto because I would just have run the motherfucker over to get out of there. Like just knock him out of the way in this, you know, haul ass, but that's not what Jerry did.
2: I swerved off the road to the left just to avoid him, got away from him like that by doing just like that, but then I looked behind me and I could see he was also running behind me. It was insane. By then I was so shaken up by the whole thing, I almost swerved off the road a few more times by accident because I was driving and trying to see where he was through the rearview mirror. I got lucky. And he couldn't keep up by running, so he just pretty much fell behind. When I got far enough away, I slowed the car down so I could physically turn and look back to see where he had gone. Far away in the distance, I could see the tail, or I could see the tall outline of him just standing in the middle of the road, just standing there staring at me.
1: Jesus, dun, dun. That, that sounds dun. like a story from more scary stories to tell in the dark, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, huh. Well, I mean, that's a big enough reason, three big reasons, really, for us to stay the hell out of Arizona. Yeah. Fuck Arizona.
2: It's crazy because out of all these, the one that sounds the most real is just a diseased camel. <laughs> with a dead person on the back that died of no dysentery or some shit. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Hell yeah. Have you guys ever ridden a camel before? Yeah. No. At the fair?
0: hmm
2: Yeah, they're fun. They're fun creatures too. Yeah, they're pretty rad till they fucking spit on you.
1: It's alright. Just a little camel spit. Just a little, just a little camel spit.
2: Gross. Camels are cool. They're fun to <laughs> feed too.
1: I you know, things like that scare the shit out of me because I'm worried they'd bite me.
2: Oh, you'd be alright, man.
1: Like I have a deep seated <laughs> phobia of being bit by bulls cows, horses, camels, anything that has
2: big goofy flat teeth. So you would hate you would hate going to like the drive-through safari range. Like the it's like a reserve range with like just like there's ostriches on there, camels, cows, bulls, um emus, like llamas and then you drive your car through and like you have food in your cups. Mm-hmm. And they just like put their head in the car and eat it right out of the I'd, I'd shit. I have no issue with the emu or the ostrich. I mean, you don't get to pick which one. <laughs> which one's coming <laughs> your shit, dude. They're all feeding that food. I can't just so, like, like
1: get a clipboard and put check marks next to the animals. I
2: want to come near me. Yeah. Oh, them th- well. Them things are fun, man. They're really cool. But yeah. yeah, they get they get wild. They'll just put their especially the ostriches, they'll put that long old neck all the way to the other window to get that other to get that other cup. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious.
1: I've been to a couple before and they've been okay, but no, I just I I have this weird fear of being bit by stuff like cows and horses. Well, Presto, thanks for uh doing the heavy lifting on that episode. Yeah, man. I, I would almost say that uh, the three stories kind of tie in together because if you take the lore of what the, you know, Wild Man of the Rocks, the Mogulon monster really was, being that guy that got stretched to death, mm-hmm, uh, that mm. could be the weird, creepy thing that's lurking around the thing, you know, because they mentioned mm-hmm. how his arms are way too long for his body. And he could have also, the thing could have also been the thing riding around on the back of the camel. Yeah yeah it's all Absolutely. tied together the mystery the top. deepens so in this episode folks no answers just more questions yeah that's
2: what we do there you go all right let's plug some stuff and get out of here boys check us out on the facebook Pixley paranormal podcast check us out on the instagram the ig at pxl paranormal there you're gonna get the awesome amateur sketch <laughs> that yes provided tonight that we described uh oh, and there and all the other stuff uh on there we post things it's pretty cool and uh check out our buddy Corey's Twitch channel and Facebook group pixelated plays that's right he's part of the fam
1: mm-hmm.
2: plays a bunch of video games and interacts with his fans and he's looking for some engagement on there so go get engaged with Pixelated Plays, Corey. Boom
1: shakalaka. Check out the rest of the shows on our Pixelated Network. Check out Pixelated Sausage and Amazingly Baka. If you haven't caught up on the backlog yet, 13 Nightmares is a great place. It's our side show, our side project. Uh, Hopefully we'll get another episode cranked out here before too long. I've been on a huge Exorcist kick recently, guys, and I'll tell you about a fun little coincidence. I don't want to call it synchronicity, Because, you know, I think it's just too much of a coincidence and not, you know, an actual like, what the fuck? But uh, on our on a horror movie page, we were all members of um, Leaf had asked about anybody owning the Blu-ray of The Possessed. Now, I remembered The Possessed was actually the true story of The um, Exorcist. And so, like, I've been thinking about that a little bit. And then I ended up going to... um, a bookstore the other day and I was perusing the used books in the paranormal supernatural section and came across the first edition printing of said book the possessed so I snagged it you know I'm like uh, either I need to have this on my shelf or it's at least going to be a good read so I got that now I was drawing my last uh He-Man portrait of the year because on my Instagram page um, at Sean Swope I did a series of 31 He-Man portraits and I was drawing Skeletor for the last portrait. And I thought I would turn on just a random documentary on Shudder. And so I came across a documentary that was called, I forget what it was called, but basically it was the documentary of the making of The Exorcist. I thought, well, that's kind of cool. You know, I just got the book, blah, blah, blah. Then we went and saw A Quiet Place 2 at the IMAX. And as I'm standing there waiting in line at the snack bar, what score song came on the overhead but tubular <laughs> bells from The Exorcist. <laughs> nice. So, a fun little coincidence there. But, yeah, we'll have to do a deep dive into The Exorcist, man. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'll, uh, maybe I'll read The Possessed, and we'll do kind of like a a twofer. Do kind of a uh, a show for both podcast, maybe. Yeah, All right, fun. Preston, what do you got, buddy?
0: Look, if you need a beard... If you want a beard, hell if you're like the Magellan monster and you're all covered with, uh, you know, some facial hair and, uh, you're about to devour a cougar and you need to step your cougar game up. Go over to bigdumpsbeardbomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order and pick yourself up some scents like Dundee cedar, bay rum, sweet tobacco, fresh citrus, mint, and classics. So not only do you look good, but you smell good for that deed.
1: Hmm. All right. Can and if you're imagine how
2: excited Dobbs gets every week. <laughs> <laughs> just like no what the free ball what the what the fuck
0: are they gonna say now? I just don't
1: know. Right. It's awesome. He, I love it. He mentioned that um, when we were working his table at the uh, handmade uh, market. Uh, that he kind of looks forward to that still every episode to see what Preston, you know, uses his smooth jazz skills on. <laughs> oh. And if you're in the Wichita area, guys, please stop by and see our friend Leslie and the gang down at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. Now, before we quit, I <laughs> want to share a fun little anecdote here. So I got my buddy, Isaac, uh, who is now your guys' buddy as well. So he's a, a very f- close friend of the show now. He did our photography for us. And uh, he mentioned to me that the other day he did some work and then uh, he had some buddies over and they were taking a shot to, you know, put a, a bookmark at the end of the project they did. And so they all had a shot of Fireball and they were going to make a toast. And so Isaac said, I wanted to make a toast. And so I said, the only toast that I know. And so everybody raised their glasses and he said, cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us that like to talk about it. And he said, all the guys kind of looked at me, mumbled cheers, and then they took the shot. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like, yeah, I would like to invite all of you, if you have to make a toast, if somebody wants you to cheers to something... Why don't you adopt cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us that love to talk about it? And if you have to censor it, you can easily censor out shit and put stuff. Cheers to the weird stuff in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. But let's adopt that as the official
2: salute to pixelated paranormal. Salute. Salute. Cool. All right. Until then. Shout out. Shout out to that uh, guy you met. Oh, yeah. To Matthew. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. That was awesome. Shout out yep. to him again. That was that was a pretty
1: cool experience. Yeah. I had uh, I had some stickers on me, so I hooked him up with a couple stickers too, so. Dope. Yep. Hell oh, yeah. All right. Until next time, folks. Cheers to the weird shit in the world and to those of us that love to talk about it.
0: And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal. Your guide to the unusual and the
1: strange.